0: Hey current and future onophiles, this is Hallie, and this is Adrian. and we are the Bottle Blondes. Bottle Blondes. We think wine's delicious, but we also know that it can be pretty overwhelming to try and learn about all the different grapes, the regions, even the way it's made.
1: We use our love of wine and our background in improv comedy to make learning about wine fun and approachable, because we are learning about it too. They say in improv, mistakes are gifts, and oh boy, are we going to make some mistakes. So thank you for coming on this ride with us. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, and on SoundCloud at Bottle Blondes Wine.
0: That's blonde with an E, like in wine. And for pictures of the wine we drink for the cast and our other adventures in wine at vineyards and whatnot, follow us on Instagram at Bottle Blondes Wine and on Twitter at Blondes Wine. Once again, that's blonde with an E. And if you want us to visit your winery or bottle shop, you can email us
1: at Bottle at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Hey everybody! Uh, thank you so much for uh, stopping by Bottle Blonde, uh the unstuffy wine podcast Unstuffly for plenty of people. people. Um, and me and Adrian are back after a little hiatus. Uh, yes, last um, week was our uh, old college professors.
1: Yeah, they took they took uh, they took over for us because we had some important um, sleuthing to do. Um, you may realize or remember that um, our side jobs. Um, as secret agents uh, in Secret Servix or our spy group. Yes, our spy. group. Um, <laughs> sometimes it, you know, sometimes important missions come up. Sometimes we got to take those missions and step away from the world of wine, but um, we always come back.
0: And it's so good to be back. And you know, me and Adrian were talking, uh, and that we've spent way too much time in France. Which which is a very important region because uh, it's one of the classic old world regions. So much of our wine comes from there. Um, Original, like uh, origin grapes, I guess, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word. So we were like, let's get the fuck out of France and (laughs) go south. (laughs) Go south to Italy. Why'd I say it that way? Italy. Italy. (laughs) Um, Because you're
1: (laughs) from New Zealand, but also (laughs) pronouncing it Italy.
0: I don't know. Oh, yeah, New Zealand. Italy. Italy. Italy, I- Italy. <laughs> I, would, I should find a New Zealand person and just, mm-hmm. just for the sole purpose of asking them to pronounce Italy for me.
1: <laughs> well, they're probably they would probably do a lot better than I will do with a lot of these wine terms um, because I thought that French wine terms were hard. Holy crap, Italian wine terms.
0: Yeah, uh, this has proved to be a very uh, a slippery slope as far as educating ourselves <laughs> apparently there is no label regulation on Italian wines mm. so to kind of find out what you're drinking and where it's coming from you have to do quite a bit of research and we've also come across the fact that a lot of wines are gonna say something and you're gonna be like that's this wine nope it's probably Sangiovese
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is gonna be dedicated to um, To just that, to Sangiovese, which is one of the 18 noble varietals. Um, I don't know why they're noble, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Another (laughs) episode. Another episode. Um, It is one... I I did actually find out, though, the other day that um, out of the 18 noble varietals, there's nine whites and nine reds, so it's evenly split. Oh, that's
0: nice. nice. You don't want to hurt, like, one grape's feeling. No. Or the other. (laughs) I heard that, you know... What's a grape with really thin skin? Pinot Noir? Yes. <laughs> Don't want to hurt Pinot Noir's <laughs> <worst> feeling. feelings.
1: Linda <laughs> well, I feel like, shares a lot of um, qualities with Pinot Noir, which was something that I was finding out when I was learning about it. Which, it, Like Hallie said, it's really tough to separate the varietal and the country of Italy. Um, and when you start learning about the varietal, you're going to start learning a lot more about the geography because that is extremely important to Sangiovese in general to where it's grown and also to its classifications, which we're
0: going to get into later, and will make your brain hurt like it did mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest thing that you need to know about Sangiovese is that it is Italy's top grape. Oh, yeah. Um, they grow more Sangiovese than uh, any other grapes, but there are still a ton of different uh, very well-known varieties and noble grapes that come from Italy, but Sangiovese is its um, darling. It's darling. <laughs> it's, it's darling star. <laughs> uh, Sangiovese
1: is Grown in a couple other places in the world, but predominantly it's going to be from Italy. Um, I think. I think Yakima Valley and and Columbia Valley are having some success with it in Washington. I don't know of a lot of it being grown in Oregon.
0: Um, Similar things in California, yeah. Yeah, but um, some other countries other than the United States. Argentina grows it. Oh, yeah, that makes Um, sense with the Italian crossover. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, France, uh, U.S., as we just mentioned, and uh, I guess Australia is also doing a little bit yeah, it's grown primarily in the uh, I guess would be considered the central part. Mm-hmm, The, the central part
1: of Italy. Um, both sides. I mean, Italy's so thin, so you you know you don't get. Um, Grape types predominantly on the east or west. It's kind of spread across from like north to. Mm-hmm. If you like, kind of think of it more like layers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining this like correctly. A, like a layer cake.
0: Like a cake, yeah. Yeah, like a, so it's the middle layer. <laughs> like an Italian wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's also grown. Um, I guess in the northeast. Uh, a little bit in a region called Emilia Romagna. Mm-hmm. And then, um, not as much in the south. I was actually trying to find one from like Sicily uh, or Sardinia, but. Not really any mm. success, but I um, one of the big regions down in the south is also a uh, pugia, so um, they also grow a little bit as well. We'll be taking a trip down south, yes. We're trying to give you uh, the best representation of the different regions as possible, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of what we see in the stores is from central, yeah, from
1: Tuscany, Tuscany. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about the Tuscan region. Um, and let's see, let's just, should we talk about grape first? Should we talk about area first? What do you think? Um, maybe, yeah, let's go grape. Let's go grape. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> Sangiovese is, um, it, like I said, it, it shares a lot of characteristics with Pinot Noir. It's a high acid grape, um, it's very fruity, has kind of medium tannins. Um, it's a little bit fuller body than a Pinot, and I just keep I just keep comparing it to Pinot because here in Oregon, that's kind of what we have as far as
0: our our like number one grape. Similar to Pinot, it takes on those more like earthy, rustic characteristics. Um, you know, like potting soil or um, tomato, roasted tomato, leather, uh, those type of things that you sometimes might get know
1: as well. Um, Sangiovese has a lot of nicknames. It's going to be also called Chianti, Brunello, uh, Nielucio, or Morellino. <laughs> yeah, you got this, you got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's derived from Latin because it's hella old, and some hella old Roman monks uh, were hanging out with Sangiovese and planting it back in the day. God. It's derived from the Latin um, sangui, sanguius. Jovis? I don't know, Latin. The blood of Jupiter. uh, It's said to have been given by monks. That name by monks residing near Monte Giove, which is Mount Jupiter Jupiter in English, in uh, the Romagna
0: region. I think it would be really cool to be a monk. Um, Back then, only... (laughs) Only for the wine. Only for the wine. Because I wouldn't want to do the whole Jesus thing and the no the no sex thing. and Yeah, it sounds boring. The shaved head thing. And the shaved head thing, yeah. but only in the circle thing. Yeah, but I would definitely like not having to fret over my wardrobe every day, because I would just be wearing that brown potato that, sack thing with the rope tied around <laughs> my waist.
1: <laughs> it does seem simple, doesn't it? It's like the earliest muumuu. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you monks for giving me this inspiration. They were probably the inspiration for the muumuu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just need to bring back the rope belt.
1: <laughs> so characteristics of Sangiovese um, are gonna be both very fruity. It's very acidic and also pretty earthy. You're gonna get some notes of cherry, roasted tomato, sweet balsamic, oregano, and espresso. It's a stellar food wine. I often find that it can be really tight at first Mm. um, and opens up really, really well when you decant it or just let it breathe and kind of sit out for a little bit. Um, That's just my personal experience. Um, You can find all kinds of ranges in terms of pricing too with San Giovese. Um, Some of the the cheaper ones are going to be, and it's going to be surprising too, and we're going to get into the classifications later but some of the cheaper ones can be really, really delicious, while some of the, I feel like the, the more expensive ones are gonna be really tight and stuffy. So it just totally depends, and vice versa too. Totally depends on um, your preference, but if you're drinking
0: Sangiovese, you should be eating as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, and actually one of the, um, we were learning about this, the holy trinity of Uh, snacks, uh, wine, uh, bread, and olive Olive oil. oil. Yes,
1: olive oil uh, pairs so perfectly with Sangiovese because the high acidity in Sangiovese um, is balanced out by the oily fattiness of olive oil.
0: Also, it kind of goes with that philosophy where foods that are kind of grown together go really well together. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these regions in Italy are also producing, like, like it's not just a winery; it's also oh, yeah. an olive oil mill. Like it's doing <laughs> it's doing the, the the work of all three things. It's you know it's making me for the bread. Um, the family business. The... Yeah. <laughs> Was that offensive?
1: In a in a in a um,
0: what's the mafia way? <laughs> oh no, because okay. I think I think places like Italy and France, especially, like it is such a family business because it is handed down from generation to generation. When you're doing, like, these research on the websites, it's always like, you know, Paul took this over from his great-grandfather <laughs> who taught him everything. And then, like, you know, it's always, in the description, it's always talking about, like, the family member that took it over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, No, no not not in a Sopranos way, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so fast forward many, 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 many years to roughly about the 1960s or so. Um, the... The wines in Italy, specifically made with Sangiovese, were um, suffering a lot in quality. They were getting mixed with some really bland white grapes. Like the Wild West.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it was
1: like the Wild West of of
0: grapes. <laughs> People are like, yeah, mixing, it. it was like the, what did you call it in high school? And Did you ever mix all the sodas together and try to make oh, somebody drink yeah. it? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know if we had a name for it. We called it the suicide, which I don't understand, it's so morbid, why would you call a soft drink with sugar in that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just going to taste good no matter what. Yeah,
1: very very sweet, but yeah. These that's... ones did not, uh, obviously, if you mix white wine and red wine, you just get a hot mess. Um... Not, not all the time, but in this case at least. And uh, so some laws popped up. Um, I'm not actually sure who came up with these laws. I didn't actually look up the history behind this. No,
0: it's. You're doing a really bad job. No, you're doing a great job because <laughs> it's, but it, it's, you know, it's not important necessarily mm-hmm. who made this stuff up about it. It's a, a bunch of people probably did.
1: Ah um, yes,
0: and so so was birthed these. I think yeah, four different classifications. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you? I'll take the first one. Okay. Um, so the first classification, and this is something you may or may not see on the bottle, but if you don't see this on the bottle or any of these classifications, it's a good chance it's a, a VDT, which is just a, a straight table wine. It also sounds like a sex, um, you know, disease. <laughs> disease. <laughs> <laughs> You got me VDT. You got me Gross. VDT. Um, so that's vino, da tavola, uh, a table wine. It could be a mix of a bunch of grapes. The label's probably not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be probably on the cheaper end. Not that it's, it's going to be terrible every time, because mm-hmm. some of these blends might be really fascinating. It's just the fact that you really don't know what's in it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not regulated by the government, mm-hmm. essentially. Um,
1: the second one up is going to be IGT, and I'm going to take a stab at this. You got it. <laughs> Ind- Indicazione Geografica Typica. Mm. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> great job, me. Uh, <laughs> 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 the It's going to be the first level of designation. So wine growers uh, that have their wine labeled IGT don't have to follow specific growing and winemaking rules. Um, it only... Sp- Specifies that that wine was grown in a specific region. You know, that's pretty much it. It's basically just saying, like, yep, the Sangiovese is from Chianti, or yep, the Sangiovese is from, although if it was from Chianti, it would probably be DOC or DOCG, but I've I digress. Um, A lot of Super Tuscans are going to be IGT because they're going to be two blends of different grapes um, made in a specific area. So IGT is just area.
0: Yeah. Uh, More into Super Tuscans later. Yeah, and then the next level up is the DOC, uh, which stands for... I'm also gonna screw up this front front word. That's what the first word in a sentence is. The front word. (laughs) The front word of the sentence is denomination de origin controlata. Nope, fuck that up. Whatever. DOC. It means denomination of controlled origin. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, about 329 uh, uh, regions uh, or appellations do have this classification. Um, and it has to be an official grape varietal. It can't be like, you know, some science experiment you whipped up, uh, <laughs> on the next, you know, he- hectare. Nope.
1: I don't know how to say that word. It's 2.5 times, uh, acre. So yeah. like 2.5 acres equals a hectare. That's how I'm pronouncing it. Yeah. That. Or a
0: hectacre. You're taking heck. (laughs) You're taking a lot of heck from these wines and (laughs) these words. (laughs) Well, Italian is difficult. (laughs) Uh, So that's the uh, next level, and then after that, Adrian will. Yeah, Uh, the
1: very last one at the tippy top is the DOCG, um, which is going to be said as I butcher this. (laughs) Denominazione <laughs> di origin controla, c- controlada e garantita. Uh, garantita is just guarantee, and it is guarantees that the wines labeled as such are following all of the rules of the DOCG. So, it's basically saying that not only is it from that area, it's a specific grape type, it is... Also followed up by a, a specific panel is going out to that winery to visit it and make sure that it's following those winemaking rules and that blend or single varietal or etc. Um, you can kind of think of this like a food pyramid, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, the the VDT is going to be at the bottom. It's going to be the widest. It's going to encompass a lot. Uh, ISGT is going to be the next. The DOC is going to be third and then the DOCG is going to be at the top and it gets narrow as it goes to the top. And it's not necessarily that one indicates quality over another, um, it's more that it just gets more strict as it goes up. I think that's the, the way that I was able to wrap my mind around
0: it. Yeah, it's not a matter of quality, it's a matter of strictness in the winemaking. But, I mean, you probably are going to be getting better quality at that.
1: Yeah, especially just because you're ruling out other, like, riff-raff. imposter's
0: riffraff. <laughs> you're ruling out the riffraff.
1: You're taking out the riffraff, <clears throat> putting it in the trash. Whoa. 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 You are really anti-riffraff.
0: <laughs> I have <laughs> had enough. I <laughs> no idea. You were up to here with riffraff.
1: You <laughs> couldn't tell at all. Uh. <laughs> um yeah so basically in the in the 1960s and 1970s tuscan wines like i said were suffering quality um and with these new laws that the government enacted uh new vastly superior wines were produced Uh, this is also where the super tuscan came out of um, which is a blend of sangiovese and uh, either cabernet sauvignon or cabernet franc so um we're gonna start with this capone chianti classico um chianti is gonna be one of the synonyms for sangiovese um it's gonna be in this in the central tuscan region uh chianti has eight regions total um that most of are either doc and one of them i believe is docg i feel like i might be meeting to correct myself on this. There's later. probably a couple more DOCGs. There's probably a couple more. Uh, but Chianti is one classification and then Chianti Classico is just one region within Chianti. So this is a Chianti Classico. How exciting. And um, which the different oh I wrote down the differences between them. Um, so yeah there's eight subzones within the Chianti. Chianti Classico is, is the eight essentially. Um, all Chiantis are red. You're not going to find any white Chianti's uh, and many producers use traditional met- methods within Chianti region um, as opposed to aging things in small French oak barrels. They're going to
0: use large Slovenian oak casks. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> uh, and that, that the Slovenian casks are neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe so.
1: Um, sometimes. Chianti's can get mixed up with up to 15 to 20 percent other authorized reds, but they're not going to be mixed with a oh, white grape. Chianti Classico has some uh, most has a lot of diverse mesoclimates. Um, all of Chianti is going to sit on a lot of different types of soil, whether it's fractured rock, which gives it structure, limestone, which gives it acidity, or clay, which gives it softness.
0: So here we go. Uh, the first, I think a lot of people when they hear Chianti, their first thing is going to uh, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter, uh, <laughs> making his famous statement that he wants to eat people's body parts with a nice Chianti. Cheers. Um, cheers. <laughs> uh, and for the longest time, I thought it was, it's a grape. And now I realize that. Yeah, it's a same. Place, but now it's, no, Chianti is a region. Chianti is a region and it's going to be predominantly Sangiovese. Um This
1: is... This one's kind of dark. It's uh, really dark. It's interesting because a lot of the I feel like have a more reddish tint. This one um, has more like kind of a medium red, ruby hue, which I think just kind of designates the, that it's a fuller, rounder body and it's not quite so acidic. Um, I The smells I got immediately were just cherry, 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 and a little bit of mesquite. like kind of a barbecue-y smell. I would say it's definitely medium to full bodied. Mm-hmm. It's a 14 percenter. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, so it's, it's pretty intense. This is something that you'd want to definitely take down with maybe some heavy duty pasta with a red sauce. This almost needs like, I want to say like a little bit of decanting. Mm-hmm. It's got, I opened it last night and it's still, I feel like it has a little bit more room to breathe.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, the color is really interesting, especially just looking at like my reds mm-hmm. last night and looking at the color of them versus this mm-hmm. is bizarro town to me. Yeah, this is all yeah, it's almost like reddish purple versus. Um, what I've been looking at which is more of like a garnet kind of that reddish Mm -hmm. brown yeah yeah, that kind of like brick
1: tint to it yeah this is um, this is a a DOCG Uh, you're going to notice those when you're picking out your wines it's going to have a little um, little paper label on your Italian Mm -hmm. wines it'll say DOC it looks like money it does look like (laughs) money it looks exactly like
0: money (laughs) (laughs) oh man because these wines are money yeah Yeah, when I was shopping for wine, I almost found that the price ranges are very, there's really no like medium range, Mm -hmm. you're either getting something for five to seven or you're spending like 20 and a half, like you're not gonna, I mean, I'm sure they're out there, we, you know, there's only so many places we can go to when we prepare um, for this and we have a lot of really great shops in town, so this is like no diss to them, but. Yeah, we were definitely looking for a lot of specific things for this episode and kind of had to just work with what we were given. (laughs) And our budget. And our budget. (laughs) And our budget. (laughs) Um, This, yeah, this is
1: really, really earthy. Um, It starts out really fruity and gets really earthy, so. You know like roasted red pepper on this one, too. Yeah, I definitely had like some tomato leaf and some dried red pepper. little cigar box,
0: Mm. too. I really like the earthy ones. (laughs) So you're into hippies. Cool. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) It kind of just makes you feel like you're um, chewing on a leather jacket a little
0: bit. Yeah. I like it. It's Mm -hmm. definitely, it's got some pretty, yeah, pretty big tears per the large alcohol Mm -hmm. percentage. You said Mm -hmm. 14.5? Yeah. It's just a 14, but yep. That's pretty up there, especially for um, usually...
1: This is 100% Um It says so on the label, so it's not blended with the, the other 20% of um, authorized grapes from that region. Um, so yeah, this is kind of heavy duty, which I think it's just not quite a a wine that's meant to be drank on its own. I think it's really just meant to be consumed with
0: food. Yeah, that one definitely. Like yeah, good good pasta.
1: Good pasta. No consigli.
0: Guys, it's gonna happen. <sighs> here, when we go and we visit a country in our mind, mm-hmm. we imagine that we're on the streets, we're hearing the people, and because naturally, you know, we're improvisers, mm-hmm. we want to say yes and, and. Yeah, and just let it go.
1: <laughs> My second um, is another Tuscan wine. It's uh, something that we picked up at the Blackbird Wine Shop um, here in Portland, Oregon. It's called Mizzone toscana it's a 2013 and this one is a blend this is gonna be a super Tuscan it doesn't say what it's blended with Um, I'm pretty sure that Andy at Blackbird Wine Shop said that this was mixed with Cabernet Sauvignon Mm -hmm. I don't remember Um, so this is what I would be would be qualified as a super Tuscan Um, and it's interesting this is actually a little bit lighter bodied than the one we previously just tried it's uh it's 13.5 and it has a lot more of that kind of red tint, brick mm. red coloring, um, and I found it to be oh yeah just lighter in general. Um, mm. I, this this is and it was also the cheapest out of all the ones I bought for this episode. I love this wine. So what I learned in my research of Super Tuscans is that a lot of times because Sangiovese is so acidic. And Cabernet Sauvignon is so tannic that they kind of balance each other yeah. out, even when it's just the slightest amount of cab that's been mixed in there. This is from Montalcino, um, which has two regions to it. Uh, I'll go into those in a second, but both are. But Montalcino is, is an area within Tuscany. Um, and this specific wine is a collaboration between Italian wine, wine makers Il Poglione and the Turlato family, which is from California. And if y'all watch Top Chef, you've heard Turlato a lot. Oh, is that like
0: a big, big deal? <laughs> they
1: always just give away a lot of Turlato wines. Yeah, that must be it. They're like, here's a case of, of Turlato wine for your seventh mm.
0: win. This is a, yeah, I'm like, like dehydrated strawberry mm, mm, uh, mm. and peppercorn. Mm pepper hmm. A little bit of um, oregano, maybe. Mm-hmm. When Bordeaux was covered last week, um, you know that blend being Cab and Merlot, mm-hmm. and then coming down to Italy and doing Cab and Sangiovese, mm-hmm. there really are—it's super different. But you, yeah. but you can really pick out the difference between the Cab and its complementing grape. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is this is really delicious. This is a this region, uh, Montecino. Is uh, also very well known mm-hmm. for one of Italy's uh, top producing, which is the Brunello mm-hmm. de Malticino. um and Brunello is actually um, another word for Sangiovese. It's a clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's so many clones of Sangiovese.
1: It's crazy. Which is why,
0: yeah, when you're reading labels, <laughs> clones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, if any, if any, like wine needs a sci-fi. Movie for it. it's it's Sangiovese oh, yeah. because of just how many different mon- monikers yeah it can go mm-hmm. by
1: so um, Brunello di Montalcino is Tuscany's oldest rarest and most pricey um, versions of Tuscan uh, Sangiovese mm-hmm. um, it gets more light in that region Uh, there's more limestone in the soil so it's going to age really well due to its uh, high acidity Um, and the best vineyards are going to be on south-facing slopes and yeah like you said they're all made from those special collective of clones called Brunello the other region is um is Rosso del Monticino. both of them make up the Monticino area. I'm pretty sure that this is not from Brunello. <laughs> um, <laughs> it will, I, think it would, I think it would have to think, say it. Yeah. And It I would be a DOCG. Right. I think you're right. Um, and this one doesn't say anything about what area of Montalcino is from. It just says Montalcino,
0: Italy. And for just geographic reference, Montalcino is about 70 kilometers south of Florence. Ooh, busting out the calam- kilometers. <laughs> kilometers! Kilometers! <laughs> You know, kilometers are just clams. <laughs> stacked in a line. So, so like the so like the distance from me to Adrian right now is, is definitely like probably ten kilometers. Calam-
1: <laughs> definitely ten kilometers. Depending on, are we talking little nut clams? Or are we
0: talking probably like big clams? Big clams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big big, clam- big kilometers. Big kilometers. <laughs> we <We're laughs> only <laughs> we only use kilometers in uh, areas about. Uh, two hours away from the coast, so, so people like in, in like Missouri aren't gonna know what we're talking about when we say kilometers. Oh my god! Oh my god! But yeah, just ask any Californians; they'll tell you how far the beach is. Above. Oh. Oh, 10 kilometers. <laughs> Ooh, that's wow,
1: it's really close.
0: That's really close.
1: Ten ten thousand kilometers. Oh yeah, that
0: makes sense.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. ten thousand kilometers. <laughs> um. <laughs> To continue on Chianti versus Chianti Classico, there is a couple designations of Chianti Classico because they couldn't just stop at one. Um, They had to make it more complicated. So there's Chianti Classico Reservas and then there's Chianti Classico Gran Selezione. Chianti Classico Reservas must be aged for two and a half years, aka 30 months, before being sold. they're traditionally only made from the best vintages, so if you want to look for a good value wine, um, they'll knock down the vintage and just make it into a regular Chianti Classico um, in an off year. Um, and even more highly regarded than Chianti Classico Reservas is uh, the Gran Selezione, which is made from only estate grown grapes. It's also aged two and a half years, and then an extra three months in the
0: bottle. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you know specificity. Yep, yep. Yes. I'm noticing a lot of that in, in Italy. It's mm-hmm. very strict. This month's in the barrel, and this month amount in the bottle, and then this you gotta tuck it under your pillow mm-hmm. at night and kiss it good night for at least one month.
1: <laughs> um, the DOCG.
0: The DOCG.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I have to correct myself because God, this is complicated. Um. Chianti Classico Reservas and Chianti Classico, um, they do not get knocked down for um, off vintages. That is Brunello de Monticino and Rosso de Montecino. So sometimes if you have an off year with a Brunello, they'll just knock it down to a Rosso. Hmm. So if you know uh, your vintages and you know of an off year, you might get
0: some good values in there. We're going to go south for a little bit because oh. I want to bust out another one of the uh, IGT wines. Mm -hmm. So the region on this is uh, Pugia, which is the little, it's the heel of the boot. Ah. And what's uh, really unique about this area is that you have uh, water on all three sides. So you have the uh, Adriatic Sea, you have the Mediterranean. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you were named after the Adriatic Sea. Yeah. I didn't know that about Actually, you. Actually, I looked
1: up the name Adrian a long time ago, and um, it means like dark one because because mm-hmm. of the dark Adriatic Sea. Interesting. It comes from that.
0: Anyway, my name means thinking of the sea. Oh, I will remember you to the stars. Sarah McLaughlin must get so many fucking royalties Woo, from that ASPCA category. Man, I owe her a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world owes Sarah McLaughlin a lot of money. Oh um, my god, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, it's, it's funny. Um, so Pugia is, you know, Sangiovese is grown here, but not probably as with much uh, frequency as the central because the main grape uh, in Pugia is actually... Um, Something that I fall in love with this year, which is a Negro Negroamaro. Mm. Uh, also, it does a lot of Prima uh,
1: primavi-
0: Primavio? Prima Prima Vio Primitivo. Primitivo. Oh my god! I
1: had a Primitivo earlier this week from Oregon. It was really
0: delicious. Yeah, so I digress. It also has a, a, a grape called Bombino and Nero. Um, Bombino. Bombino. I know. I thought I was like, oh, it oh, little baby. A So half of, another fun fact sidebar about Pugia is half of Italy's olive oil comes from Pugia. Oh. So this is going back to um, a lot of these wineries also maybe uh, producing some olive oil. Interesting. Um, So it gets nice cool Mediterranean breezes uh, and even though it's like more south because it gets all of those breezes from the the seas, um, it's actually pretty moderate vineyard temperatures. Oh. So this is... A IGT, so this just means, so the grapes were grown in Fujia, but they were, they were bottled in Verona, so they, ah. the, the grapes made the trip all the way up, so it just means it's of its region. Uh, this is um, from the village of, uh, San, or the winery is San Giorgio, and I had a really hard time uh, finding information on it specifically, which means that... It's probably like a, an amalgamation of different like villages and wineries. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a bunch of different winemakers wine in Pugia Got selling it. their grapes to, um, to- To this one maker. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, um, so here we go. <clears throat> so this one you're gonna notice right off the bat is super light in color. Whee! It has a very perfumey aroma. Yeah, the first thing I noticed about it, honestly, was that it was super tart and acidic. Mm -hmm. Um, So my initial tasting notes on this one are tart cherry, oregano, leather, um, and the acidity was almost a little unbalanced. So I'm hoping the fact that it's been open uh, since yesterday is gonna maybe make it, maybe I don't know, help it. It's kind of a little bit less earthy than
1: I feel like a lot of the sangio bases I've been drinking this week have been.
0: Yeah, it just—it's it's almost got a little bit of cranberry mm-hmm. uh, as well. And then I also took some notes here because this is a southern region, you're going to get a little bit of differences. Uh, you should, with a warmer climate, be getting more raspberry and blackberry, but yeah. honestly I'm getting more cool climate notes on this, like cherry. Um, so I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm the biggest fan of it, which is disappointing really? because I've been really loving all my wines from Pugia lately. I'm loving this. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Um, that's great, see, that's great. Yeah, it looks I
1: feel like I'm getting some like sweet kind of baking spices notes from it as well, but it's still very light um, very dusty.
0: Well, mm-hmm. Pugia seems like a really interesting, teeny tiny little region. It does, but also so many different Great. Um, I want to spend a little bit more time there, um, you know, I'd love to visit there, but I mean, mm-hmm. in the sense of like, it'd be cool to do a little bit more focus um, on that at some point, because there were, I want to find this like, bam, little bambino, great.
1: Little bambino. Bambino.
0: Um, so, is is that area really
1: dominated by seafood and things like
0: that? I don't really know, I didn't do too much, uh, like, I didn't look into the food scene mm-hmm. necessarily, but I'm assuming that it's probably really heavy, um, I would assume that because it has such coastline mm-hmm. over there that we're gonna be getting more fish-based dishes. Yeah. so maybe like linguine with, linguine. Linguine. <laughs> with glams! <laughs> <Kilometers>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, it was interesting because I wasn't intrinsically looking for food information when I was doing research on Tuscany, but it, uh, it just popped up, um, a lot is that Tuscany is actually kind of known for it's very humble food. And there's actually a word, a derogative word, um, that's used to describe Tuscans. It is Mangia Fergiole, AKA bean eaters. Because uh, because the Tuscan diet is kind of consists of simple things like bread without salt, um, olive oil, and beans, and I love beans. So you can call me a mangi- a mangia fagioli any
0: day you want. Cool, I am, and I'm gonna butcher it every single time. <laughs> I'm gonna like tomorrow. I'm probably gonna call you a. And then, like, the day after that, I'm going to be, I'm going to call you a multiple Chino. How many kilometers are you going to yell at me, that word at me from? <laughs> uh, probably about 20 kilometers, because I want everyone to know what a ah! mucatacalaca you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it's, uh, conversely, even though such amazing wines are made in... In Tuscany, um, if you go a little bit north to the Emilia-Romagna region, um, that is actually Italy's food region. It's going to be near Bologna, which um, makes things like Parmigiano-Reggiano, not uh, Bologna, not bologna uh, prosciutto, balsamic vinegar. That's where all these, like, amazing dishes that we associate with Italy are from. Um, that region is also really famous for Lambrusco, which is a fizzy red wine, which I really want to try someday. Me um, too. Um, so, Emilia, which is west of Bologna, is home of the Lambrusco. And then Romagna to the east prov- produces more Sangiovese um, and also a white wine called Albana di Romagna. Hmm. Um, so, my last... Sangiovese is actually from Romania, it's um, San Giovese Superiore, it's 2016 and it is um, a DOC, so it just basically means that it is, it's made from there and it's produced there. And I'm
0: excited to try something a little bit because we went central yeah. and then we went south, and now we're going more north.
1: A little bit more north. Um, this one is a little, I found it to be a little bit more astringent. Um, it is also a natural wine. Um, oh! Which was kind of interesting. It's pretty light, it's, uh, or pretty medium bodied, I guess. It's a 13%. Um, yeah, and it has that little um, organic bio- controllo biologico little stamp on it, and then like the little Demeter stamp,
0: which is some stuff that we've been learning about lately as well. It smells kind of earthy. It's got a, it's got that fake vampire blood color that Mm -hmm. I love to fondly call out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I
1: don't, I don't throw around loosely. And that kind of medium red with some like brick red coloring on the, on the outside. I got a lot of strawberry from this as well. Oh yeah, strawberry, like fruit leather. Mm Mm-hmm. And let a clay pot. Yeah. Like really licking a clay pot. Yeah. This
0: is actually my least favorite out of the three that I had, but
1: um, I think it opened up a little bit.
0: It is, yeah. It's got a little bit of that. Um, something that you are gonna find in natural wine is the. Um, oh God, I want to find it, but it's that nail polish removery. Yes. Volatile acidity. So if the wine smells sharply of vinegar and nail polish remover, um, it likely suffers from volatile acidi- acil- <laughs> acidity. Uh, legally, wines can contain up to 1.2 uh, GL Ooh, God, Gallons? Is that what that abbreviation is? I don't know. Ugh. Um, a volatile city but in small amounts, it can contribute to the complexity of the wine So, not necessarily a bad thing, but natural wines tend to have more of this sometimes because there's not as much controlling factors happening in the winemaking process. We're not adding chemicals to change that thing that occurs naturally within it. So, that's what I'm feeling on this one. I completely agree. It's really acidic and like not in a pleasant
1: way. Um, I just, I kept trying it and kept being like,
0: eh. <laughs> yeah, I kept being like, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Are you looking at my, uh oh
0: yeah. <laughs> I was like, There's... that one's got some missing from it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: this is actually the most expensive one that I bought too. So it kind of bummed me out a little bit no. that it was a... Uh kind of had that fault going on but whatever
0: um it'd be nice to actually um try one from this region that maybe isn't natural yeah um it's controlled is controlled heavily by the government yes <laughs> <D-O-C>.
1: <laughs> although it is interesting so this is the doc but that's kind of the differentiation between doc and docg um not necessarily that you're going to get poor quality, but that it's just from that region and it's just that great type from that region. It doesn't, nobody's going out visiting this specific winery and saying, yes, it's all guaranteed and, and good. So that's
0: Emilia Romagna.
1: Emilia <clears throat> Romagna.
0: Uh, next we're going to take a trip to the other side of the boot so uh, Tuscany is on the Mediterranean Uh, we're gonna go to a little region called uh, I think it's pronounced Marche but that might be the French pronunciation Mm. something I read said it's pronounced lay Mary Kay like the cosmetic so I'm just going to go with what like I, like I read. Lots of people driving around in pink catalogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like throwing out lip samples. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Lay Mary Kay, um, I'll go with it. Uh, it is on the Adriatic coast and it borders um, Umbria, which is another tus- uh, another uh, Sangiovese region. And it also borders Emilia Romana. Um, so, it's like south okay. of Emilia okay. Romania. Uh, So this is apparently a very beautiful part of the country. White sandy beaches. The Mm -hmm. soils are very uh, limestone heavy. Um, And uh, something else I noticed uh, as I was researching this particular winery, another thing that they said about their soils is that it was rich in skeleton. What? So... Immediately, I was like, cool, your winery's on, like, an ancient burial ground. Mm -hmm. Fucking gross. (laughs) Like, like, oh, I mean, great. I'm sure body's spooky. Yeah, I'm sure, like, this this wine is haunted. Spooky (laughs) wine. But, no, it means that it is (laughs) rock, like, so a skeleton is rock fragments, cobbles, uh, uh, grave laterite concentratus. I don't know, whatever. It's just not what I thought it was. Was it, like, like, seashells? Um, I think yeah, it's 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 a weird mixture of like that like kind of um light rock with the holes in it. <laughs> I should know this. Hole rock. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, the yeah, pumice. No, but, it, but it didn't say pumice, but it just says rocks from fragments. Um, so anyway, I got to do more research into skeletons in soil. But just so I'm not forget. Once again, not dead bodies. So uh, it's very beautiful there. Uh, I want to visit there. They just made it sound Ooh. so enchanting and lovely. Uh, the wine is growing a little further inland. Skeletons want you to think. Yeah, <laughs> I've been hypnotized by this wine. <laughs> I'm actually. It's in the town of Castelplanio. Uh, so, my wine is called, because the label was super confusing, and I had to write all over it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tenuta Nuta del Uglia, Uglino. <clears throat> okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> the appellation within La Mary Kay is Rosso Pacino. And this is actually a 2016, and it's mostly Montepucciano. Oh. So, this is a 40% Sangiovese, 60% Montepucciano. This is a DOC. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Let's see, so 15-year-old vines. They're actually not that old. Uh, Southwestern Exposure. Um, this is interesting. Okay. Ooh. It is not going to be super um, representative necessarily of what we're going with because there's more multipucciano in here than Sangiovese. But it's got some interesting characteristics for sure. I definitely got with this one uh, boysenberry, black pepper. Yeah. Uh, I got like kind of a raisiny uh, thing too. I also got clay. Uh, medium plus acidity, medium bodied. Um, uh, it has a lot of really, yeah,
1: those deeper, uh, j- not jammy, but like deeper like baked fruit notes.
0: It's much lower acidity, I feel like, than everything else we have tasted so far. And I think that's because it's really been cut with the Maltipucciano, mm-hmm. and I haven't <clears throat> done, I mean, it's been a while since I've probably had a full-blown Mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if this kind of like uh, cut the acidity. It's, a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like it's giving me a lot more, like, vinfandel note. Mmm, interesting. So, other uh, wine grapes that grow in this region are chiano, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Verdicchio, which is a white... Verdicchio. Verdicchio, just kidding! Verdicchio! Which we actually tried in our um, our wine class. That was a, uh, the really oily one that we had. Oh, that was bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and then a Lacrima de Moro a vernachia nera and something called the syllogil, nope. Nope. sweet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it's just the compounding of like, consonant vowel, consonant mm-hmm. vowel, then tons of vowels. Yeah. But maybe like one, um, but yeah, not a lot of grapes that I'm super familiar with. Um, isn't really like super known mm-hmm. to grow in this region, it's not like the most popular grape. I think Molta Pucciano is the more popular grape in this region. But, um, because it's still in that central area, uh, close to Tuscany, um, you're gonna maybe find at least a couple similarities. But it's tasty. It is tasty. I think it's time for, um, some history and maybe a wine term. Yeah. Okay. So, um,
1: we're gonna go back, you know, a couple years. Oh. a few years. 2015? Um... (laughs)
0: 1944. Just oh. <laughs> yeah, a, a few. That's a couple. Uh, <laughs> a
1: couple. Um, World yeah. War Two. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm. Even though this episode is dedicated to Sangiovese, it's it's so complicated to talk about Italian wine and just focus on Sangiovese. So I'm actually going to talk a little bit about Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> huh. <laughs> um. So. Cabernet Sauvignon grows in Italy but is not native to it. A lot of the but a lot of the grape types that grow in Italy are native to Italy. But in 1944, this gentleman, this nobleman, mm. Mario Incisa della Rochetta, planted the first Cabernet Sauvignon and Castiglioncello. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the vines that he planted were actually rumored to come from Chateau Lafitte Rothschild in France, which is mm. a really of famous winery. Yep. Um, this grape type became also known as Sassy... 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 sassy oh, God. Sassy... Sassy? Sassy-kaya. sassy S A S S I C A I A, because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, this was done so uh, in, in far west Tuscany, and it essentially kind of saved Chianti because, um, like I had said earlier, a lot of Chiantis uh, within the Tuscan region were getting blended with horrible grapes. The quality was just dwindling fiercely and it just sad things were happening sad things were happening to Chianti. so This gentleman Planted the first Cabernet Sauvignon uh, it took off and they started blending it with um, at least 80% or more Sangiovese and Voila the two super Tuscan was born um, I'm gonna read a little bit more about this Okay, I'm literally going to read out of this wine bible by Karen McNeil because she um, she summarizes this history really, really well. So, Chianti and the Super Tuscans. A modern memoir of basic Chianti would probably begin with its role as the companion to spaghetti and, if you were well-to-do, meatballs. So, in 2000... Or, sorry, in... Um, the 40s? In the 40s, yeah. What I said just happened. Mario... Incisa de la Rochetta came and planted this Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, But Chianti was getting mixed with all kinds of horrible things. The more popular Chianti became, the more it was lightened with white grapes um, and not just the Malavassia. It was like lightened? Sorry. Yeah, it was getting lightened. Like It was literally like like, they wanted it to look lighter? Yeah, they wanted to mix more white grapes in it. I'm pretty sure just to make it, like, last longer or something. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it was getting mixed with this thing called Trebbiano, which is um, used as a neutral distilling material for cognac, so, like, not very taste, Not very delicious. <laughs> Far from adding character to Chianti, Trebbiano turned it into an anorexic red. So, yeah, it was just getting lighter and lighter. Um, and then it got saved by this this blend, essentially, by the Super Tuscan. Um,
0: yeah. Cool. So I
1: summarized that really poorly, but that's okay.
0: <clears throat> no, it's, it's nice, you know, when you see something on the grocery shelf so often mm-hmm. or, like, see it thrown out, and mm-hmm. you're just like, what the hell does that mean? It's nice to even just get the slightest hint, like... Some people probably think Super Tuscan started in like 1701, Yeah, it was really recent. The you 1940s, know?
1: yeah. The wine history in Italy really went under kind of a, a revolution. Honestly, a lot of Europe around World War II, so this is just one piece of European wine history to go along with that.
0: Cool. Wine term of the week. Let's do it. Woo! <clears throat> so, this wine term isn't necessarily specific to Sangiovese, but it is something um, that is done in Italy a lot, and if you uh, follow us on Instagram at all, at Bottle Blondes Wine, um, I did a little post about this, um, and the wine term is a oh. so what that means is that the grapes are getting um, dried out previously To I just get made a fun a fun um, <laughs> Oh yeah! Like it's like, like jumping
1: like, with paws up. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you did.
0: <laughs> you did. Yeah. You were like like a little like a like a kitty like mm-hmm. playing with like a feather toy.
1: Tell <laughs> me more about a pasamento. Yeah,
0: so pasamento is a really really old ass method uh used for making wine uh, about three thousand years old. Whoa, that is old mm. ass. So probably when. <laughs> In the dawn of time, when people were figuring out how they could drown their sorrows, um, this was a method they used. So they would use uh, straw or reed mats or or hanging nets for their grapes Mm -hmm. until they lost um, about 50% of their moisture and then thus begins the process of um, winemaking. So today, it's, um, you know, not as common, and there's these little things called drying lodges, where I think there's a little bit more temperature control. It's like the opposite of a sweat lodge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a drying out. It's where you go to turn into a skeleton, <laughs> and then get buried in a vineyard, where you yeah. can contribute to... The skeleton wine <laughs> the <in> skeleton, <laughs> skeleton wine um, But if, So if, if... There's a lot of really interesting pictures of these, like, drying rooms on Instagram. So it's like they're still on, like, straw mats. Uh-huh. But... You know, I, I think that, yeah, there's more temperature control going on versus like before it'd be like, well, is it going to be a sunny day? Let's put the grapes in the barn mm. <laughs> because I'm a Midwest and farmer now. Um, so the common grape that's actually used uh, using this method is Valpo- so common. So common. Uh, Valpochella blend. Mm. So there is a very famous, very expensive wine uh, called an Amarone, uh, which is Amarone. Used- or is it Amarone? It might be Amarone. I'm taking. I'm. I'm brushing up on my French, and I think that I'm all wacky on the new Italian entering my life. So Amarone. Probably, um, wait.
1: Let's see how Google pronounces
0: it. Because Amar. So in French, you don't. You rarely pronounce the last letter. So, oh, so that's yeah, yeah. why. I stopped, and then it's opposite in Italian. I think you, like, there's an emphasis. You pronounce all the things. You pronounce, like, a a big emphasis on that final vowel. But again, I could be making that up. So, what this does is it gives the wine a very, um, it's it's almost like a, it's very rich and, I can't even describe it. Like, it's so fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you try some? I... I don't think I've ever had one. I mean, I've been I've been experimenting with just any wine that says Apassamento on okay. it, because yeah. I'm interested to see when I do try mm-hmm. the Amarone de Valpolicella. I actually saw one at Trader Joe's, and it was labeled a DOC on they the label, won? but the label itself said DOCG, and I was like, this might be like. A good Amarone, yeah. I try out, but I bought something else because we're not covering that in this episode. No, later. But yeah, this. So, uh, an Amarone is like very well coveted by sommeliers. They're very expensive. They're very expensive. Like really good ones are very expensive. They're gonna put you at least uh, sixty and up, <gasps> sixty bucks Wait, and up. Sixty or sixteen. 60 60 zero. Six zero. Yeah, That's, yeah. But it's really. um, Worth it. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's an experience because I, you know, again when we covered Val and in Red, mm-hmm. so good. Like I had oh no God. idea. So to take that to the next like level. Level, yeah. That complexity. <clears throat> yeah. Just goes up ten notches. Yeah. But I found a really good uh, apasamento at Trader Joe's, not Trader Joe's at Fred Meyer. I think it was like 15 bucks, and it was really oh, good. Hell yeah. So. Um, Ripasso is, like, the next tier down okay. from an Amarone, so that's wines that are blended with the leftover grapes. Oh, yeah, Ripasso is, like, passed through, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but it must be, uh, yeah, so there we go. That is your wine term of the week. Whoa. Blind taste test time. You gotta close your eyes. I'm just putting my, my glass for it. not looking. I'm giving you a little bit of a heart no. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Okay. Wait. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, you can open. Ta-da! Oh, it's
1: very dark. Or, I mean, very, like, you know, brick red dark. Oops, I poured myself the whole glass accidentally. Oh, darn! darn. Um...
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oops.
1: <laughs> this is like raisiny, pruney notes to it. Mmm, that's what I wrote down, too. <clears throat> well, that's good. We're thinking <laughs> I always get really worried. Okay, can I, can I
0: confess something?
1: Yeah, confess, girl. Okay, so... <laughs> Father?
0: Yes, my child. Um, Wait, let's... let me adjust my rope belt.
1: I'm afraid that I'm a non-taster.
0: <gasps> no, my child. It's true. I, I'm afraid that I have less taste buds than than most people child do not fear your taste buds are just fine so much of tasting is subjective <laughs> I'm, I always confuse those two ah. it was like I have that problem where if I'm only presented two options I'll constantly mix them up like I'll say left know. but I mean right I know what you mean
1: um, yeah yeah I uh, a secret fear that I'm a non-taster there's there's tasters there's super tasters and then there's non-tasters I actually think that the worst one would be being a super taster because you'd have such sensitivity to a bunch of different things
0: and then you'd be like an asshole at dinner like I can't I just can't with that thing I can't it just has too much oregano oh is that fucking cilantro get out of my face ugh sorry I love cilantro I love cilantro too fuck everyone who hates cilantro just kidding just kidding you're just a little different we still love you um, so other notes I got with this were um, raspberry cherry, balsamic vinegar, mm-hmm. I got um, white pepper, chocolate on this one. Milk chocolate yeah. specifically. Um, so yeah, like medium acidity. It's got like a nice like rust, it's like almost like a rusty red, red-brown mm-hmm. color. I don't even know how to, how to go about this one. I will definitely tell you, I'm not such a dick that I went to another country. We're still in Italy. We're still in Italy. We're that makes Italy. sense.
1: Well, I, is it safe to presume that this went under the process that you were just talking about of being dried
0: dried out on straw mats? No. It didn't. It didn't, but the reason you're probably tasting that is because of other things associated with this wine. Um, I will tell you this, it is 100% Sangiovese. All right. Stakes raised. (laughs) Stakes
1: raised. I'm going to guess it's, from a more southern region. Mm, interesting. So maybe from Umbria. Let's just say Umbria. Fuck it. Great. What year do you think it is? Um, 2014.
0: Close. Lovely.
1: 2015. Or other way,
0: other direction. 2000. Uh, the
1: other way down. Down. 2013. Yeah. Cool. Okay. It was close. It was close. Um. And should I? Is this is this a DOCG?
0: Oh, you're nodding! Yay! (laughs) Oh, sorry, I forgot that we're not on television right now, but we could be. Hey, Travel Channel! Hey, Travel Channel! Bottle blonde's wine, the show. You need more female hosts on your show. We can't just all
1: be Andrew Zimmer all the time. Yep, as
0: lovely as he is. Like, were any of the other bajillion male hosts hosting things? But it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) So. Okay, so. So, yeah,
1: 2013, I'm guessing Umbria. Um,
0: yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Guess what I bought? A Brunello de Montecino. Oh, oh, my God. Wow. Cool. So, this is that really expensive wine from Tuscany. <laughs> wow. But That's cool. It, it's not so expensive because 2013 was apparently an off year, which is why I was able to get this. Oh. It still wasn't like, it was, it was, it was 30 it was. 30, okay. It was a $30 bottle because I just was like, I really wanted us to try mm-hmm. one of these quintessential ones. Um, I mean, ones. It's,
1: it's a lot duskier and a lot more complex than any of the other ones that we've tried. That's
0: absolutely for certain. So a little bit of history. Um, we've touched on some of it. Um, earlier but um, so Brunello is Sangiovese mm-hmm. it um, in 1879 in early times <laughs> uh, it was Brunello was name given locally to the grape um, and they thought it only grew because they thought it only grew in uh, a and <laughs> they were like what ding dong they were like this is our special grape and we going to only c- ours yeah. so what is, we're going to give it a special name but then some, like, scientist was like, psych, it's still Sandy Vese. So they were like, well, we're still keeping the name and calling mm-hmm. it a clone. Um, so Brunello di Montecino is one of Italy's best-known wines. Uh, this is a 2013. Um, could not find much. I tried really hard for the longest time. I'm guessing the this is a Borgo Bruno. I'm guessing that is the name of the winery, but no matter what I fucking typed into Google, it just kept bringing up this particular bottle, which leads me to believe that this was that was one that was more mass shipped mm-hmm. in quantities to the U.S. Um, but yeah, this is uh, a lovely a lovely wine for an off year, I guess. Yeah. Um, um. So there's three classifications of Brunello di Monticino. There is the first tier, which is Rosso de Malticino, and that's aged one year. Right. Second level is Brunello de Monticino, two years in oak, three more years afterwards, and then yeah, Bruno del Monticino Reserva is two years in oak and four more years after that. So this isn't a Reserva. This is the middle level, I guess. So this was, um, I think it's on the bottle. It says that what it, what it had in it. <coughs> um, minimum aging of four years, and this one was in wow. oak casks. Of, this one was in oak casks for three years. Um. So, yeah hmm. That's Having one of these <laughs> Interesting Well, thank you for bringing that Onto
1: the podcast and giving us an actual Taste of Brunella di Monticino. I, I figured we
0: had to yeah. uh, The only other one that I think that we should Try and, for maybe another episode Is the other classic moniker That you're going to see for Sangiovese is uh, Vino de Noble multi-pucciano. Ah, yes which is Sangio Mesa. So we didn't have one of those today, but maybe another time.
1: Which is really confusing because it's not Monto. It's not a Montepulciano, exactly. Wine. It's just Vino
0: di Montepulciano. That's I think the most confusing because we know Montepulciano is a grape. It's its own. It's its own beast. God,
1: Italy is. Very confusing. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Um, so I guess we should just go there. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay. that, that would, would help. Oh, okay. my God.
0: We should start an Italy jar. Oh, oh no. yeah. France France jar. France jar. In case we haven't (laughs) talked about it before, France jar is a meager earnings jar. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably just going to cover a couple dinners once we get over there. Let's face it. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than that, but we're trying. Um, I think it's time to to rank our wines and then play seven things.
1: Oh, okay,
0: okay. Um, Hallie,
1: what what are your wine rankings for this episode?
0: Oh, it's tough. Um, This was a really good blend. I liked the Classico. I liked the Super Tuscan a lot too, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Puglia Sangiovese, and then that weirdo natural wine. Yeah. From, really yeah Romano. didn't work. Um, you know,
1: the second time when you poured me a little glass of that Puglia one, I didn't like it as much. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, know what happened. Usually I feel like I like wines more and more, and this one was like, no nope, other direction.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was like in $9, you know. Um, okay. I just saw, again. Going back to what I was saying earlier, I smell like it's just—it's either cheap or expensive. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Holly, with your with your favorite wine of this podcast, yeah. the uh, Borgo Bruno 2013 Brunello di Montalcino.
0: Yes.
1: Tell me seven
0: things you do while drinking this wine. Hmm. I would definitely call up my publishing agent and have a heated discussion about the edits he made to chapter four of my memoir. Go <laughs> I would uh, like to start, I want to build like an outdoor fire pit. Ooh. Yeah, and then I want to start a fire and just like hang out by that all night.
1: Yeah, by yourself or with other people? Uh, other
0: people. Okay, okay. Fire, fire yeah. pits are definitely like... To me at all. Yeah. I feel like if you're just, like, alone by yourself, staring into a fire, you're, like... You're, you're like, plotting a murder. Yeah, you're plotting a murder. <laughs> like, that's classic premeditated murder behavior. <laughs> yeah. um, or cowboy behavior. Or cow... Yeah, cowboys... Cow- 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 Not cow- That's true. Yeah, cowboys and murderers. <laughs> <laughs> so, name of my new... My, that's the name of my memoir, cowboys and murderers. Cowboys and murderers. Uh, I would also... Um, I want to hand wash some quilts. Wow. That's ambitious. Mm-hmm. Three. <laughs> I want to make some chili rellenos with, like, mm. Velveeta, because even though I know <sighs> Velveeta is, like, not real cheese, it's the fucking best in chili rellenos. Gotta make it. Gotta make it, Sam. Oh. Four. I want to, like, go to an old abandoned, like, rail car in the train yard, and I want to, like, climb on top and look for shooting stars. <gasps> Ooh, five. Um, I want to, um, go downtown at night and, like, just walk into a strip club and yell, nope, really loud, <laughs> and then, and then leave, and then leave. Is that five? <laughs> That's, six. That's six. I can count. <laughs> and then for seven, I want to, um, like, break into one of these, like, condos that are going up all over the place oh. and just, like, play a game of, um you know, hide and seek, which will be really hard, because it's all, like, none of the rooms are finished. Let's do it. Let's do it. Seventh thing. Seventh thing. Seventh thing. Adrienne, what's your ranking? Okay. So, um... Do the rank, and then I'll take a picture of it. Okay. For the Instagram, at Palablan Swine.
1: wine. Do you mind if I taste this,
0: um, Casa del
1: Piano one?
0: Go for really it. Quickly one more time? You can drink as much of this wine as you want. Uh-huh. Follow your heart, it's the way it goes.
1: Drinking wine on your nose. <laughs> Losing it. These are all 14% alcohol. Whee! Um,
0: okay, I'm gonna Ooh.
1: do. I really love that Super Tuscan. I don't know if I liked it as much as the Brunello. Because, yeah,
0: it's just such a distinct flavor, the
1: mm-hmm. Brunello. <laughs> um, I, the thing I loved about the Super Tuscan, the, Mazzio, the Mazzoni, is, um, It was so good just right out of the bottle. Mm -hmm. We had it in the shop, and I assumed it had been open for a while. And then when I opened it here at my home, because I bought a bottle, it was just as good. So, I'll do my seven things with that, since you did yours with the Brunello. Sound good. And then, yeah, the last one is that natural one, because, yeah, that volatile acidity really threw me off. It's just...
0: Maybe it needs to be decanted. I think most of these would actually need some decanting just because they are higher alcohol
1: so like a year ago or so i was at a friend's house um she was kind of having like a post thanksgiving potluck with like leftovers essentially i was just like come out come over hang out i had some wine that she had in her decanter and i was like what is this and she's like it's just like a cheap sangiovese and it like had opened up and it was so beautiful that I feel like I need a decanter just for Sancho It would bring out all of the beautiful notes. I think there's a lot of complexity to these wines that I my my beleaguered humble palate can't even pick up Whoa, on. Whoa,
0: what was that fucking 75 cent word Not <laughs> beleaguered. Oh, do do tell me. I mean we are gonna get to your seventh things but like, I gotta know what this what does word mean I feel like it's like taxed. Oh taxed. How do you spell it? Even? Which is so funny about that natural wine got the cutest label. I like labels. <laughs> um, To lay
1: siege to, beset with difficulties. Ooh, beset with difficulties. So yeah, I did
0: use that word right. <laughs> <laughs> nice word, you you win the big word a week. Big word award. That's, big word award. Dude, I'm not even trying to say that more than that. I'm not even making fun of you, I just wanted to say it really weirdly. <laughs> Big, big weird award, no big word, no word. I mean, I, think, I said calamities. No, but calamiters. Calamiters was was great. Not the weird worm world award. I don't know. Six <laughs> dead worm world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, here we seven go. Seven things with this Mazzoni Toscana red blend from 2013.
0: Yes, yeah, seven things you would do while drinking it.
1: I paint my toenails a really daring color, like black. Ooh! Because we all know that toenails never really chip the, the color on them. It just stays there forever. It's true. One! Um, I'd buy like a, a Depeche Mode album on vinyl and I'd play it really loudly, but it would not be one of their really great albums. Two! <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, bake a cake, um, probably like a coffee-type cake, and I would start it too late, so it would end up being done right about the time when I'm trying to go to bed, and I'd be really fucking frustrated, but I would still be really proud. Three! Really? <laughs> oh, I've been there cooking lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd buy a vintage for wrap and uh, wear it as a costume and then pull it out again later uh, to uh, go on an evening walk in December. Ooh, four. (laughs) I would um, start a folder um, full of photos from old blogs that I had. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'd probably give up after, I don't know,
0: 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's ambitious. Five? Five. Yeah.
1: Five. Um, I'd take Charlie on a nice small walk. Oh, six. Yeah. Um, I would look up on Redfin <laughs> brick houses <laughs> for purchase. Seven. Seven things. I realized that a lot of my seven things are things that I would start and then give up. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. I start a lot of things and then give up. Yeah, I think that's kind of human in general, a normal thing we do. Uh,
0: fun fact about our dogs uh, today: Oh, there was one of them. The school- oh, oh well. Adrian um, has a corgi, mm-hmm. and I have a Shih Tzu. And today we both, without planning, <laughs> Adrian is wearing her corgi socks, and I'm wearing my Your Shih Tzu socks. <laughs> It's so great yeah we were were so crazy very tickled by it (laughs) well well
1: I think that concludes another episode of Bavla
0: yeah it was nice it was nice spending some time in Italy it is
1: um, we gotta go to another country though yeah we gotta keep going Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I have to leave Italy because it's so confusing and come back later when I am more knowledgeable because I feel like this is something that I opened. Um, actually, you know what? I would compare Italy to when you're like in an RPG and you go to an area where the animes are a lot higher level than you, and you just somehow accidentally ended up there, and then you die a bunch of times. Um, and you're like, well, that was not correct. I need to go back there when I'm a higher level. So, Italy, I'll be back. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna keep drinking you, but
0: for the meantime, uh, we should probably continue onwards to another country. That's true. I think, um, yeah, some fun stuff we've got planned for the future is um, we're gonna try and bring you some wines from countries that you probably don't even know make wine, mm-hmm. um, like Moldova and um, Slovenia? Yeah, Canada. <gasps> yeah, can't a Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Canada. No, we we're love not. you. We love you.
1: We love you so much that we're not even apologizing. Yeah. Like,
0: please, Canada. Please. Take, take us. Take us. Take the United States into your loving, <laughs> Trude- loving arms. Trudeau arms. <laughs> and, um, then, and, and then what else? Uh, yeah. I think we're also gonna try and make it down to a winery. Oh um, yeah! If this is your first time listening to us, we are in Portland, Oregon, uh, which is about only about forty-five minutes away from a variety of beautiful wine country. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people have said they would love to have us,
1: so we're gonna we're gonna go visit those people. Yeah, grace them with our presence. <laughs> <Depends> <laughs> of them. Not, uh, Roll out the red carpet, the bottle blonds are here! Yay! Um, um, I can't wait because I love Oregon wine country so much.
0: Yeah, it's. It's a really special place. Uh, it's beautiful. And now that we're kind of in the off season and harvest is over, um, yeah, maybe not as not as busy. Yeah. For them, you know? Yeah. It's like
1: their their time. It just... is their time to, to sit down with us and have a long fireside
0: chat. Ooh. I wonder if we would have to like call ahead and be like 10 in the morning before we open. Get the fire going.
1: Till <laughs> the fire. Till the fire. Is that right? No. That doesn't make sense. I think what?
0: you till what do you till? Oh you till, tell. you till the earth. You till the earth. You till the earth. The road to till earth. You poke a fire. Mm. You poke a fire you till the earth. <laughs> poke a fire
1: till the, <laughs> the earth and listen to the bottles. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, and on SoundCloud at Bottle Blondes
0: Wine. That's blonde with an E, like in wine. And for pictures of the wine we drink for the cast and our other adventures in wine at vineyards and whatnot, follow us on Instagram at Bottle Blondes Wine and on Twitter at Blondes Wine. Once again, that's blonde with an E. And if you want us to visit your winery or bottle shop, you can
1: email us at bottleblondeswine at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.